Okay, so let's put together a starting lineup, shall we? This might be kind of fun. There it is. Secret weapon! Swish, swish, swish. Nothing but net. What? You gotta be kidding me! Welcome back, everybody. It is Secret Weapon, your boys. The Secret, Secret Weapon. weapon. Oh, <laughs> you beat me I did to it first. This time. Secret Weapon. <laughs> it's episode 10. Um, it's episode dang. 10. I know, crazy, right? Time's flying. We've done wow. this 10. No, this is our 10th time, bro. It's a decade. Well, it's, it's 10 too no, it's many not. times. Oh. Mm. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> are, are we a team or what is this? No, no, no. This is uh Okay, I wasn't ready for that one. All right, let's move on. <laughs> All right, welcome back, everybody, or welcome in. Uh, we're excited to have you guys, Andrew. Uh, how was your Thanksgiving, brother? Do you, do you eat a lot of KFC or what? Um, so actually, um, against usual tradition, I did not eat KFC this Thanksgiving. What? Rather, my my mom she made an assortment of food. Some Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. some not. Um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be honest, the chicken was dry as hell. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry, mom, but you know, I gotta be honest. Yeah, like that's why white, I don't mess with white meat that much, you know, it's healthy, whatever, but like mm-hmm. it's often the case, it's dry as hell. So, mm-hmm. um, prefer dark meat, pause, and I liked um, all the other dishes she made, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I ate basically a champong of, mm-hmm. of food and, you mm-hmm. know, I woke up to the sound of my mom preparing all this food. Oh, so, the love. Know, the, the good son in me wanted to just mm-hmm. enjoy it for her. And so, you know, I didn't tell her how dry the chicken was, but you know, I, I <laughs> ate as much as I could. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's partially why I don't even like turkey, you know, cause it's always dry. That's, that's why I prefer chicken and then. The chicken was dry. It was, mm. it was awful, man. So let me let me let me stop you there because for us, uh, my homie Josh Spice, shouts to Josh Spice of the FCFC Pod. We had a little, um, you know, friendsgiving because you know a lot of our East East Coast homies we uh, don't have family out here, so we get together every year. And mm. he deep fried a turkey, and wow. uh, yeah, dude, he deep fried like a 13, 14 pound turkey. The skin came out crispy. The the meat was nice and moist. It was freaking fantastic. So, shouts to uh, shouts to our Dude. boy Josh Spice, who's uh, diversifying his game right now. Can do way more than just talk. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Shout outs to Josh Spice, man. Also, shouts to Mama Kim for the dry chicken. You know, like, <laughs> a l- little dry, but you know, pro- she was slaving away. You know, before you even woke up. So we got to give her some props. Yeah. Hopefully next year, you know, it'll be a little bit better. <laughs> Uh, we got a lot to work on, but wait, wait. So, what kind of chicken did she prepare? Like, she just roasted a chicken, like just rotisserie chicken, at home. Just rotisserie chicken. No, I know, but <laughs> oh, no, sorry, but I, I can't saying, like, hear you. I didn't hear you. Oh, uh, no, <laughs> no, I was saying, did she like do the whole rotisserie thing at home, or did she buy it cooked? Uh, I think she bought a cook and then, you know, she's kind of oh, been okay. obsessed with like this, uh, air fry machine we got. Yeah. She yeah. literally air fries everything. And I think she put it in there a little too long and then <laughs> just 
all the moisture just kind of sucked out of it like the Sahara Desert. And it's just like eating chalk, you know? <laughs> Some saltine crackers. But, um, okay, I mean, that's good. I'm glad, I'm glad uh, you know, you were able to spend some time with the fam, you know, eat some good food. I'll, I'll, you know, albeit a little dry, but it yeah. is what it I don't, is. I don't know about good food, but we ate food together. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> Jesus. Imagine your mom tuning in right now to the Secret Weapon Pod. <laughs> I'm just kidding. God, she'd yeah. be so hurt. But, all right. So, um, you know, we're really in the uh, the thick of the NFL season right now. So I figured we jump right into the NFL. There's some NBA stuff we're going to get to at the end. So if you're you know an, an NBA fan and you come, you know, you just drop into the secret weapon to hear NBA stuff, you're going to have to wait a little bit because Andrew and I have some NFL stuff to cover. Uh, mm. First off, Andrew, um, we kind of have to start with uh, Patty's world. It feels like the Chiefs are not even trying anymore. That may be true. <laughs> <laughs> that why, does true, feel like, why does it feel like i'm catching you off guard today on like all these questions <laughs> yeah let me let me uh let me t- hone in real quick <laughs> uh all right so anyway uh here maybe I'll, I'll preface it let me give you a little runway here okay yes thank you so thank you. Um, just, you know, just to recap, we're recording right now on a Wednesday night. So the Steelers have won again. So they're what? 11 and 0, 12 and 0, something like that. Wait, this is week 11, 11, 11, 11 yeah, they're 11 and 0 incredible. You know, they, they won a, a, a kind of nasty game, uh, in, in, in Baltimore, obviously Lamar Jackson was out with COVID-19. Um, just from watching the game, it, it felt like, uh, the Steelers were a little messy, you know, and um, a lot of drop passes from Eric Ebron, Deontay Johnson, usually pretty sure-handed, dropped a lot of passes. But, I mean, like, as I was watching the game, and, you know, these are two AFC contenders, mm-hmm. and big AFC contenders, I think. Um, well, the Ravens are kind of all over the place. I feel like the Ravens are really struggling ever since they lost uh, Marshall Yanda to uh, retirement. But I, I just feel like the Chiefs are going to cruise, and I can't really think of another AFC team that'll really give them like a wild run for their money. And then like on the NFC side, we look at the Seahawks and they're like, I feel like the Seahawks can be really, really inconsistent. You know, the Packers, um, I mean, does anybody really believe in the Saints? And, you know, Drew Brees with his like 19 broken ribs, is he going to come back in shape and in form? Mm -hmm. So Andrew, just your thoughts in terms of the Chiefs and it kind of feels like, you know the way that you feel about your Lakers and how they're going to repeat. You feel like the Chiefs are kind of on that same path right now, where it's kind of locked in that they repeat. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the the Chiefs they look like again they they look like varsity players going against JV and freshman teams mm. right now. And yeah, I mean, it really looks like Patty Mahomes is he's just out there like, hey, what should I do today? Should I throw bombs or <laughs> should I run in a few? And I'll throw in a little bit of short passes here like you know it, it really doesn't feel like it's like he's they're struggling at all mm-hmm. um no i mean i i feel like because it is still football like we have to keep in mind you know anything can happen and yeah. you know like it only takes one big play and one fumble or one drop pass or you know or one injury. big tackle yeah or injury yeah right so um you know i don't want to like lock it in that the chiefs are going to win but let me uh let me go all the way like 99 percent say the chiefs are going to win it this year and accept the the guarantee 
Um, hmm. I feel like no, no matter who you pit them against, you know, they're gonna they're the favorite. And honestly, I mean, like we can talk about this, but I don't see a weakness in the Chiefs' game. Um, I don't see a uh, weakness in their offense. I don't see a weakness in their defense. Andy Reid has really developed into a, a great coach. And, I mean, he's been a great coach <laughs> offensively, right. but, you know, he's always been kind of clowned on for for choking and, like, clock management and stuff. Yeah. But right now, his he has all the pieces he needs. And so, you know, mm. um, like, even coaching looks like it's it's on point. Um, yeah, man, I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I really can't, like uh, – see a weakness in this chiefs team and you know i can't and i can't see a team uh being favored against them so so yeah i, I think it's a it's pretty much in the bag andrew i think i think it's time that we have this um this debate once and for all i don't even think it's a, a debate between you and i um really well who we're gonna do this for right now is for our homie brian uh mm. and um smith you know, I, these two guys, for people who don't know, we have a group chat and uh, obviously Andrew and I are in it and they love these two guys love going head to head about um, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and Lamar Jackson. And just to put it really simply, our friend Brian, he's a gigantic Chiefs fan. This guy has like he has more Chiefs jerseys than he has socks and underwear. Um, like that's just the type of guy that he is, you know, he just absolutely loves his chief's gear and he's got a ton of it. Our homie Smith is, you know, he's the self-heralded high school football standout, you know, he thinks and, you know, claims to be the top Korean football Mm, player in the land, you know, but their debate is always, does Patrick Mahomes get too much credit for the chief's success? Um, and so, Andrew, if you can kind of start us off, give us your take on this, because these two guys, these two knuckleheads are always going at it. Right. I mean, OK, I, I, I'm going to just say this straight out. Um, Smith, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> take that, Michigan. <laughs> you cannot disrespect the dude. I, I genuinely believe this. I think Patrick Mahomes is on the journey. He's on track to becoming the greatest of all time. Like, I wow. don't think we we should not think about that. Like, he's not just playing great. Like, he is setting records. He is young. He again, Patrick Mahomes also doesn't have a weakness in his game. He's he's smart. He's quick on his feet. He can make the throws. Um, he can read defenses. Like, you know, this is like a prototypical like above and beyond quarterback, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, now, I mean, given the Chiefs' success, I can see Smith's argument where. The Chiefs do have a lot of weapons. Now, I think, though, you know, you put a lot of quarterbacks in Patrick Mahomes' position, I think they'll find similar success. Like, there are only maybe three or four quarterbacks I can think of that that can maybe do what he does. Hmm. But I do think Patrick Mahomes does have this, I don't know, I don't, I don't know, like, for a lack of a better word, just, like, star talent or something, <laughs> like, something special about him where he, he does have this, like, this, like, this tendency to make plays and you know we see it in the the no look passes we see it in um like using his left hand to throw it like he, he just knows how to make make a play he knows how to get out of uh stagnant offenses he knows how to you know just he can deal with every situation and so um as great as the chiefs are like all around you know they have tyree kill they have travis kelsey they have um 
Clyde Edwards Hilaire or whatever his name is and <laughs> Le'Veon Bell and you know they they do have good weapons um yeah. but you know like if you look at any good quarterback like they they also do have weapons like it's not like you know I don't know like besides maybe Lamar Jackson like most of these top tier quarterbacks like Russell Wilson and Rodgers, mm. they have weapons they can throw to. So I, I don't want to discredit Patty at all. Um, I'm I'm fully on the on uh, on Patty train, and I I really believe he's on the road to uh, Mount Rushmore. You know, like, mm. I really think he's he's that good. I think we Should haven't seen a quarterback. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't think we've seen a quarterback like him in in a very long time. And mm. you know, he, in many ways, he's kind of like. Like he reminds me a lot of like I don't know like Steph Curry in a sense like he the light skin, light skin and you know just like the the way he revolutionized like the quarterback mm. position I feel like you know it's, it's a little bit different and so um, yeah man that's that's where I stand on on Patty. So just to recap, uh, Smith, you're wrong. Uh, you're absolutely wrong, Smith. Um, is the first uh, thing that we want to say. Um, but number two, I dude, I agree with you. Look, look, I feel like. Here's the thing. People want to gas the Chiefs, whatever. Like, you know, Patty has a made in heaven. That offense, that offensive line is good. It's not great. It's good, not great. And I think we need to make sure to emphasize that. Even defensively with the Chiefs, you know, after they brought in uh, Tyron Matthew, like things got better. That that defense is not perfect either, right? I mean, it, it's absolutely not a perfect defense. And so to say that Patty Mahomes has it, you know, like made in the shade, I, I, I don't believe that at all. I think he makes... Um, thing a lot of different aspects of the team look better and at the same time I guess on the other end of the argument you could say that there are aspects of the team that make him look better too but look at Tyree Kill like I, I think as great as Tyree Kill has been for them I do wonder if Tyree Kill would be as good without Pat Mahomes um, Sammy Watkins was like about to like be kicked out of the league you know from injury and just being kind of like a draft bust and he's had a nice little like second chapter to his career with the Chiefs and so and the, the list goes on and on. You know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, like, people gassed him coming out of college. He's going to be fantastic. He's had a pretty mediocre year, and which is fine, because as we talked about um, we, as we talked about Jonathan Taylor last week, he's a rookie running back. These guys need time. They need time to get acclimated and learn, you know, uh, all the things. So I, I think overall, I, I agree with you, Andrew. I think Pat, Patty Mahomes, he deserves a lot of credit, um, just the things that he can do. I think what you talked about, the playmaking ability – he has different aspects of a lot of different quarterbacks. I think his escapability, his able to like make a play when there isn't one is a lot of like Russell Wilson. I really like that. Also Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the throwing ability is very, I think for me, pretty reminiscent to Aaron Rodgers too, just the sheer arm strength and, you know, also the accuracy. So I don't know. It's, it, as you mentioned, it's hard to find a hole in pa- uh, Patrick Mahomes game. And so I think, you know, for the, this debate, once again, Smith, you're wrong. We said it here on the Secret. Let me just repeat that. Smith, you're incorrect. You're wrong. (laughs) You can catch all the footballs you want, but you're wrong on this one, Patty Mahomes. (laughs) Patty Mahomes is the goat, man. He's he's on his way. Uh, The best part of this is Smith is gonna listen to this at six AM and he's gonna text both of us individually and say, Hey, like, can we have a talk? Uh, we love but, you Smith we do yeah but also real quick like you know just going back to like how like how people say he has a lot of weapons and stuff like yeah I mean we look at Tom Brady right now and that mm-hmm. offense and is debatably a Pro Bowl squad 
you know, yeah. Mike Evans. Um, I mean, Gronk is, is not who he once was. Yeah, I mean, but sure, he, he's not that good anymore, but still, Gronk is still a serviceable tight end. Yeah. Um, yeah, did I say Mike Evans? Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown. Like, are you kidding me? Um, mm-hmm. Think about what, like, Patty Mahomes could do or, I don't know, like Russell Wilson could do with these guys, you know? Right. And look at the production Tom Brady is putting out. Now, again, football is a team sport. There's a lot that goes into it. You know, there's offensive coordinators, there's head coaches, and there's, you know, so many other factors that, yeah, you couldn't think about. But when we're talking about just simply, like, the weapons a quarterback can have, like, you can't ask for more than what Tom Brady does or Tom Brady already has. And so I look at, you know, every quarterback does have some kind of um, – I don't know, Arsenal, you know, a shout out mm. to Arsenal real quick. <laughs> and, and I feel like it's really just about how you can make it work. And yeah, mm. like you mentioned, Tyreek Hill, he can, he's, you know, killing it on the Chiefs, but I can easily see Tyreek Hill being, you know, a very, I don't know, like boomer bust player, like on any other team, you know, like you put mm. him on like the Broncos or something, or like you yeah. put him on, I don't know. Yeah, just any the other team. Like <laughs> yeah or even the Colts like honestly he, he's 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 not gonna do as much as he does uh with the mm. Chiefs so so yeah man um you know enough of that weapon talk um I think plenty of quarterbacks have enough weapons I think yeah. if if you could make an argument that like quarterback has no weapons and like you know I, maybe Lamar Jackson is the only one you can kind of make that argument for mm-hmm. uh, then we have a conversation but you know every quarterback has has their guys and i think it's just about knowing how to use them and you know the offense is not just your receivers there's so many things to it you know and so i think uh really it comes down to who's at the helm and who's mm-hmm. behind that o-line and just commanding that offense and i would yeah. have no one I, on the top of my list is patty mahomes so smith you're wrong again for the third time <laughs> dude i agree i agree and i think um yeah, man. Like, just just to go off of what you just just to piggyback, if you put Pat Mahomes on the Bucks right now, dear God, would they lose a game? Like, I just I can't see it. They'd be unbelievable, right? And um, yeah. Also, even put Pat Mahomes on your Colts, bro. That's unbelievable. That'd be really really interesting too. But overall, yeah, I, I think you know just just to kind of cap it here, I feel like Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs are having one hell of a season, and it'll be really interesting to see if you know what comes of this because we'll talk more about it later in terms of the AFC, but it's looking rough. Um, the next thing that I did want to talk about was just the West coast. I feel like our, the West coast teams are kind of all over the place right now. And just the first, you know, a couple of teams that come to mind, obviously the LA Rams. Um, I mean, just, they feel like such a headache. Uh, we have the Raiders in Las Vegas. We've got, um, who else do we have? The Chargers, right? Uh, the, the 49ers. I feel like all of our West Coast teams this year are all over the place. And I felt like, okay, let's just start with the Rams, right? The Rams have just a world of talent. And you just, you just look at their skill, guys. Um, and you just look at, like, even on defense, Jalen Ramsey, freaking uh, Aaron Donald. Who's the guy that plays opposite of Aaron Donald on the edge? Um, I'm blanking on his names, but... You know, they have all these weapons, right, on defense and then on offense, like with their receivers and Cup and and Woods and Reynolds and, you know, and they're kind of their running back committees kind of been like, okay this year. But the thing about the Rams is I feel like they're so inconsistent and so madding, maddeningly, maddeningly inconsistent. How do you feel about the Rams so far? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. The talent is there. I mean, we've seen them make the Super Bowl with a very similar roster. Mm. Um, their coaching is there too. 
And I don't know. I, I think the what I put the blame on, honestly, is <laughs> I mean, back Goff. to quarterback talk. It's Goff, you know. Yeah. And to me, Goff is it's very tricky there at times i feel like i look at golf play i'm like dang like he he has an arm he can make the good like a right throw he can make a good throw he can really like sling it um and at times he just looks like very mediocre and like Mm. i guess that's that's a good indication of what a good system quarterback is i think if you're a system quarterback jared golf has to be like the best system quarterback i feel like he, he can really do it all but again like uh, I don't want to talk about Patty again, but he has no um, ability to kind of like make a play. And so mm. I don't know. I feel like the Rams offense is uh, kind of like game planable. Like you can prepare for it a little bit and maybe, mm. I don't know, it, maybe it's a, uh, it's a coach's match when you, when you play the Rams, but you're right. They are very inconsistent given the amount of talent they have. I mean, the only thing you can really guarantee is that Aaron Donald will be hauling and coming for you. But oh yeah. Um, that's about it, you know. Like one week, Jared Goff comes in and he'll go for like 150 with Cooper Cup, and the next week, you know, like they'll put up like six points. So, yeah. um, I, I feel like it's on Jared Goff, but I don't know. What do, what do you think? No, dude, I 100% agree. Like, I feel like when we watch, and look, I, not to put all the blame on Jared Goff either, but hey, he's your quarterback, and they took him what number one in the draft, right? And this is, you know. You expect a little bit more, but at the same time, I think you're right. That, that That's why there's such a headache because, as you mentioned, one week he can look like a fantastic quarterback and the next week he can't do anything. And, you know, when you watch these receivers play, you look at Robert Woods and what they can do with him. I mean, they have him, you know, doing doing that jet sweep stuff and he's running and catching and doing all that stuff. And Cooper Cup, one of the best route runners in the freaking league. You know, it feels like there should be a little bit more consistency with them, but – I think it's both ends. I think it's offensively and defensive. Defensively, they can have wild and inconsistent, inconsistent. Wow, I'm really struggling today. Inconsistent weeks, and um, it's 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 pretty rough, man. And then we talk about like, you know, if we continue on with the West Coast, we look at the Niners, and they've struggled with injury all season with Jimmy G being out, and yet you know they they took it to the Rams on Sunday and they got that win. And so I think all that, and if we put all that together, it's. It's a really interesting time um, in the NFC West. And who else is in the NFC West? We got the, the Seahawks, right, and the uh, and the Cardinals. So I do wonder how things shake out because the 49ers, like, they're weird. They're like five and six right now. They're, you know, just putting things together. And so I, I don't know what will come. If you had to pick, gun to your head, Andrew, of the four teams that we mentioned, I, I'm guessing you're leaning towards the Seahawks, right? Uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of uncomfortable with how many times the gun's to my head on this podcast, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that kind of pressure. But um, <laughs> yes, I, w- I would pick the Seahawks. Uh, <laughs> and look, it, this is, dude, this is this podcast is, is all about quarterbacks. But to me, that's that's what's the deciding factor for me mm. is look at the four teams. They're very similar in in that they're all very inconsistent and like they kind of beat each other even though like yeah. one team is kind of not as good as the other but they'll lose to the same team that they beat last time and I don't know it's just a weird little mix in the NFC West West <laughs> NFC West <laughs> um but yeah I think I look at the four teams and I trust you know Russell Wilson obviously yeah. uh out of the four quarterbacks and so um yeah I mean uh K1 uh, Murray, he's he's mm-hmm. looking good too, but he is still young, and I feel like he's still developing and he's still learning his game. And 
Jared Goff, we just talked about how he's just a really good system quarterback. And whoever the situation or quarterback situation is in San Francisco, is it Nick Mullins right now? Yeah, it is. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I can't trust those guys. And I think Russell Wilson, he's been there. He's been to the playoffs many times. He's been to the Super Bowl twice. Uh, he mm-hmm. knows what it takes. And so, um, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, I trust Russell Wilson. DK Metcalf looks like the freaking oh. second coming of Megatron. Yeah. Um, dude, that guy's just a beast. And he's only 22. He's he's younger than us. Well, of course he's younger than you, but he's younger than me. <laughs> and this guy looks like he's been working out since he came out the womb Mm. um tyler lockett is a beast and you know yeah man uh i I trust the seahawks to do it but again they are very inconsistent but i do feel like they are finding that consistency a little bit you know jamal adams is back uh bobby wagner is going to be balling out they they signed carlos dunlap so you know the more time they, they that defense gets together i think they'll be able to tighten things up um, yeah, so I like I like the Seahawks. I, I agree with you. I think the only interesting thing that I would say is I feel like with the Cardinals though, with K one, with our boy K one, shouts to Kyler Murray. We say K one like he's our boy, right? Like that, that that's his nickname, you know, on these streets, K one. Um, but the thing with them is they they have this volatility to them where if you were to meet them in the playoffs, I feel like you'd be kind of scared of them, you know? Like as you mentioned, Kyler's still really really young, and he hey. He had a bad game on Sunday against the Patriots. They lost to the Patriots. He went 23 for 34, 170, zero touchdowns and an interception. You know, like this is not, you know, it wasn't a very good game for him. But the scary thing with them is like on any given Sunday, that's kind of corny that I use the title of some movie, but on any, literally on any given Sunday, you know, Kyler Murray can, you know, bust out for 150 yards running, 100, you know, 50 yards passing, two TDs. Like there's that volatility with him because He's got that star power. Just going back to what you talked about, the quarterbacks, you know? And, and of course, you know, Kenyon Drake is still a good running back for them. And he'll always have DeAndre Hopkins open, you know, one way or another. He'll be open. And so I, I think I agree with you. If, you know, gun to my head, let me put the gun on my head instead of yours right now. I think I would probably go Seahawks instead of the Cardinals, uh, just like you, because of what we mentioned. And, I mean, Tyler Lockett, you know, he, this guy, the, the speedster, this guy can go off for 300 yards on any given week, too. And so, yeah, man, I'm definitely going to lean that way. And, um, you know, just to say in the West, uh, this is another shot to Josh Spice because he he's an avid listener to our listener of our pod. And he's like, bro, can you talk about the Raiders a little bit more? And so I figured, Hey, we can, cause what's I feel there like- to talk about though. <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> hey, be careful. He already hates you. So. <laughs> they moved to Las Vegas. All right, next. <laughs> no, no, let's be fair. Okay. The Raiders are six and five. Sure, uh, sure. They lost, they lost their last two games, but here's the thing with the Raiders. And we're, we're going to keep going with that theme right now because Derek last week i mean exactly so two weeks ago they lost to the chiefs and um you know patty Mahomes at that crazy you know game winning drive and then last week they got wrecked by the falcons 43 to 6 mm. and um Derek carr funny enough had very similar numbers to k1 he was 22 at 34 215 and an interception now look ultimately if your defense is giving up 43 points that's an issue right and that's a problem and you can't be having that but I know, you know, you're not a big fan of the Raiders, but still, how do you feel? Because at six and five, they're not out of it. They can still make a run here and make sure, it work. Sure. But I think for you, Andrew, I think you're probably going to land on Derek Carr again, right? Yeah, I, honestly, <laughs> yeah, I, I, maybe, I don't know. Like I have, uh, I feel like the quarterback position is like so important, you know, like mm. 
this is literally the leader of your team and like there's no position that has that much pressure on it and Mm -hmm. i feel like you know like I don't hate the Raiders, you know. I was just, I was just joking, Josh. Uh, <laughs> uh, but really, there, there really isn't much to talk about about them. Um, Josh Jacobs, he's a, he's good running back, and um, I don't know if at times it feels like that's the only source of their their offense. Mm. Um, Derek Carr, man, like I, when he first came into the league, there were times mm. I'm like, okay, this this guy is the next guy for the Raiders. Yeah. And then, like, the past couple seasons, I'm like, okay, this guy is not the guy for the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's, it's very reminiscent of Jared Goff, but I don't even think he's as good as Jared Goff, to be really? honest. Yeah. And there are times, yeah, man, I, I just don't see him making a good throw and, like, mm-hmm. just, uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess the argument is there. What what weapons do does he have? Mm-hmm. Um, which is, you know, I, I guess a valid argument, but... Again, um, this Raiders offense uh, is not is not consistent. Um, mm. This Raiders defense, I think they do have some some good good players. I think their secondary right. is good. I, I may mm-hmm. I might be mistaken, yeah, um, but um, yeah, I feel like I, I, when I think about the Raiders, I, I just genuinely don't know what to talk about. Like I, I know mm. that Josh Jacobs is playing. I know their cars average and that's about it really and like uh john gruden is is a funny guy that's all i really know <laughs> about the raiders and i mean that, that goes to show like they haven't really made made a lot of moves uh, but mm. i'll give props to them they gave chiefs the chiefs the, their only loss of the season they did. so they did i the, the thing is with the raiders that i, I do want to say i i think i've oddly watched more raiders games this year uh than usual just because of josh but you know, the thing with them is, hey, Darren Waller has really vaulted himself into the top five t- tight end conversation with the season that he's him. had. Yeah, he's been un- unbelievable. And I think uh, guys like Henry Ruggs, obviously a rookie. I think he's got a lot of potential to grow. But, hey, I just said he's a rookie. Uh, Renfro is a nice little slot receiver for them. But you're right, man. I do feel like it, it, it's hard to say. You know, I, I when I talk to Raider fans like Josh um, – I feel like there is a belief that Derek Carr is good enough for them to be successful. Obviously, I don't know if they're like super convicted that he's, I don't think they have this like strong conviction that he's like the absolute future to carry them to like the Super Bowl one day. But, you know, I think with the way that, you know, Chucky's got them playing uh, to be six and five at this point, obviously, I'm sure they would have wanted to you know be a little bit better. But at the same time, they're not out of it. They're not out of it. They still have, excuse me, as we just mentioned, they still have Joshua Jacobs. There's still a roadmap for them to make the playoffs. From what I remember, I think the rest of their schedule isn't like the most difficult either. Um, mm-hmm. So there's definitely a way, but I don't know. Like I've, I've had this talk with Josh before when it comes to like Jonathan Abram, really good, you know, um, really good safety for them. But I feel like the thing with him is like, I feel like as explosive as he is and as he has that potential to make the big plays, he also is a really big risk taker. And and I think like ultimately you take the, the good and bad with that, right? Because there's yeah. always that potential where he can get a huge sack or an interception. But at the same time, I do wonder if like, because he lacks that discipline to be a little bit more reserved at times, it kind of puts their defense in a bad spot. And so yeah, just to kind of wrap the part about the Raiders, like I feel like they're still going to be in the hunt, and it'll. I think it'll come down to the wire. Will they make the playoffs or, n- or not? We're not super sure, but they're playing pretty well. I'm pretty sure they're not going to make it. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> no, I mean, that's not a knock on the Raiders per se. Like, dude, the AFC is uh-huh. really tight. 
yeah, um, yeah. they're not going to win that division, of course. And then we got a lot of um, AFC teams like gunning for that wild card spot. Wait, this year is there? Are there two extra wild card positions? There are. There are. Okay. That's why. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. that that may change it. Um, luckily mm-hmm. for them, but I mean, dude, like even the Colts have a better record than the Raiders right now. So yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, you could compare schedules, whatever. But you know, mm-hmm. it is what it is. Um, like and so if if we don't win division, we probably have a better chance of making the playoffs than the Raiders. So right. I, I just think the AFC is kind of super tight, uh, a lot of good teams. Um, mm. So I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, Josh, and I'm sorry, Raider fans, but I don't think this is the season, you know. Mm. Um, but and that's what I mean. Like, like let's say they don't make the playoffs, right? Like, what does a team like the Raiders like? What do they do? What do, what are they thinking going into the off season? Like, what what kind of changes should we make? And for me, mm. like. The hard truth of it is, I think you know, you gotta kind of look at another, another guy, or even at the draft for mm. to replace Derek Carr, and I feel like it just needs kind of like a whole, whole flushing and <laughs> and a new kind of like system, or I don't know, a new quarterback uh, to give him a new look. I feel like we've, I, I, in my opinion, I feel like we've already seen the best of Derek Carr. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's the roof, that that's the ceiling. And that's that's just my opinion. I might be wrong. Hopefully, I'm yeah. wrong. Hopefully, it can prove me wrong. Uh, but that's in my humble opinion. I think we we've, we've seen um, what their car is at its best already. So, so Andrew, what you're what you're describing, it really makes me think because this is a nice transition into a couple other teams that I want to talk about. I feel like Derek Carr is the type of quarterback that puts you in like NFL playoff purgatory where. Guys like Derek Carr, guys like uh, Kirk Cousins, I feel like the problem with these quarterbacks are that they're just good enough for you to get to like seven and nine, eight and eight, nine and seven, but they're not good enough to ever get you like a real win in the playoffs or two wins in the playoffs. And so you're always stuck with a quarterback who's good, not great. And I think that's literally the worst place you can be. And this translates to the it translates to the NBA right now. Like I, I I've heard on the internet so many people saying, like, oh, why didn't the Knicks go get Gordon Hayward? Why? So the Knicks can grab Gordon Hayward and be the eighth seed in the East and lose in the here first round? Here we go, here we go, here we go. Why the hell would we want that? It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. It's literally that purgatory where you don't want to be when you're building a team. And so for me, Andrew, I'm I'm sorry to riff on the Knicks again, but I feel like with with what you're talking about. I feel like you're right. It would be nice if the Chargers could kind of reset and maybe get a new, sorry, not Chargers. The Raiders. the Raiders can get a new quarterback, right? Or the Vikings too, because look, the Vikings have gone on a little run here. They're suddenly five and six now. I think they started out one and five and now they're five and six. And, you know, they they could end the season at eight and eight easily, right? Nine and seven. But at the end of the day, just to go to keep going with our discussion right now, you have Kirk Cousins playing quarterback, and you have no confidence that w- with Kirk C- Cousins, you know, under center for you, you've got no confidence that we you can go on the road with him, or you can be at, even at home and win two to three playoff games and take it to the Super Bowl. You, you don't have that confidence, and so Andrew, t- considering that, if you're the Vikings, if you're the Raiders, like honestly, it's you're probably in like the worst spot in the league, no? To have a quarterback that's good, not great. Yeah, that that that's a good way to describe it. It it is kind of like purgatory. It's this weird limbo. Um, it's it's like it's not the most urgent of positions to fill because you do have a like quote unquote good quarterback. Yeah, but like the looming kind of like dark cloud over your head is that you know he's not good enough, and mm. so I guess that's the game that 
that most man- general managers kind of have to play. And dude, that's why a lot of franchises, they're so lucky to have that like star quarterback. Because I feel like really that is the, the building block. You start with the quarterback and you, mm. you can protect him. You can put anyone on there and somehow you guys will make it. And um, yeah, man, like as you were, as you were talking, I, I had so many teams, like so many quarterbacks um, started <laughs> to surface in my head, like Carson Wentz, you know, yeah. uh, he's one guy I feel like he was kind of, in my opinion, destined for stardom. And now yeah. he's just kind of flopping. Yeah. Um, we can dissect why it's that way, but he's also looking like another quarterback who's in that weird purgatory stage. Uh, should we replace him? We know he's mm-hmm. kind of good enough. Um, yeah, that that's going to be a tough call for the Eagles. Um, I feel like, yeah, Kirk Cousins definitely is one. Um, yeah, like, um, dang, what, what's, uh, what's his name? Um, Matt Ryan. Stuck. Matt Ryan, too. I mean, he, he, he got to the Super Bowl. He has yeah, the weapons. He did. Like, as a general manager, like, what more can you surround Matty Ice with, mm-hmm. you know? I don't know what more you can do for him. Matt uh, Stafford. Yeah, I was going to say Matt Stafford. Like, these guys, they all really could be really good quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I I think the genuine answer here is I don't know. Like, what mm-hmm. do we do? I don't know, man. I don't know. I feel like Stafford is at the high end, though. I mean, Shasta Smith, again, he's a big Lions fan. But I, sure. I do think Stafford is a very, very good quarterback. So it's tough to put him in that tier. But as we were talking, I, I slipped before and I said the Chargers, but I feel like the Chargers are in a in a freaking golden spot right now because I think from what right. we've seen this year, and he's probably going to win offensive rookie of the year, they know what they have in Herbert. Like, shoot, we have a guy we can build around. Is the coach good enough? No, they're probably going to fire him. If you watched the Chargers-Bills game on Sunday, the last two minutes of that game was an absolute nightmare. It's the worst mm-hmm. coaching I've ever seen in my life, worst game management, clock management, team management I've ever seen in my life. It was a nightmare. Yep. But the truth of the matter is, you know what you have in Herbert now, I think, already from season one. Like, the sheer arm talent, the the ability for him to move around in the pocket. He can even run a little bit. The guy's really athletic. But the guy is the, the anticipation of some of his throws is unbelievable like two weeks ago i don't remember who they were playing but he threw just an absolute dime in the end zone and the player the receiver hadn't even come out of his break yet just threw just slung it when he got out of his break the ball was already on his chest so i i think the chargers know what they have in herbert and now they can build from that right they can fire their coach they right. can they're they're gonna have a high draft pick they can get an offensive lineman, they could a stud offensive lineman or a wide receiver or whatever, you know? And so I think ultimately with what we're talking about, it's the worst position to be in, in the league is to have a decent quarterback as painful as that mm-hmm. is. And very rarely, very rarely, I don't want to say never, but very rarely will you have a team that has a decent quarterback that goes all the way to the Super Bowl and wins it. And it, Hey, Andrew, one more example, Jimmy G last year right sure. they had freaking lights out defense they had weapons on offense but jimmy g ultimately got wrecked and pat mahomes was able to deliver and so mm. it just feels like the worst place to be and and so to, just to kind of connect that to your colts how do you feel about phil rivers plus jacob eason plus where you'll be in the draft this year and do you feel mm. like you know future wise like how are you feeling about your colts because this is a really good draft for quarterbacks, but a lot of them are going to get taken at the top, whether it's Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence or the, sure. the other kid. I don't remember his name. Um, 
with the Colts, I mean, I, I really trust in uh, Chris Ballard, the general manager. I, I, mm-hmm. I really believe he knows what he's doing. We know Philip Rivers is on his last legs, and um, I, that's why I think we didn't sign him for too long. Um, but I am a little bit concerned about Jacob Eason because I've, I haven't heard anything about him. You know, like mm. I would have hoped that by now we would have heard like, oh, he's looking really good in practice or, you know, he's he's developing really well under Philip Rivers. But no news. I haven't heard anything. And so that mm. is a little bit concerning. Um, and, you know, like Jacoby Brissett, he's another he's the best backup quarterback in the league. Um mm. But yeah, so that's another area where <laughs> that's another area we're in a purgatory with. Um, mm. But I believe in our general manager. Um, mm. If Jacob Eason is in it, I'm sure we'll find a way. Now I am afraid that though we will like sign like Carson Wentz or something. You know? Okay, wait. So Andrew, I have a scenario for you. Okay, ready? Mm-hmm. You're Chris Ballard. You're the Colts. It's the end of the season. You guys finish at let's say nine and seven, ten and six. Okay. Um, you make the playoffs. You lose in the first round. You've made your decision. Phil Rivers is not the future, and you gotta you gotta pick a quarterback. And you're talk, you're you're on the phone. You call Joe Douglas in New York. Hey Joe, it's Chris. Um, I'm thinking. Uh, you know, what are you guys looking for in terms of Sam Darnold? Then he gives Bye. his answer. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. <laughs> so Sam Darnold's available. Okay. You give a call to the Saints. Huh? What? Winston's available. Okay. Hold on. Put him in hold. You call the Lions, right? And they say, hey. Stafford's on the block. Okay, cool. You call the Bucks and they say, hey, Josh Rosen's on the block. There are a lot of names out there potentially that you guys can go and sure. grab. Of a Darnold, a Stafford, a Jimmy G, a uh, 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 freaking Jameis Winston, or, or, or Josh Rosen. Of all of these names, any of them stick out to you as potential, p- potentially someone that you think could work for you guys? Because, look, I'm not just selling you him because i know we're gonna get trevor lawrence but i firmly believe that if you get sam out of new york with a great coach and frank reich and you kind of reset him with the weapons and the offensive line that you guys have i still think there's a lot a lot of potential to him but anyway of those names who would you even be a little interested in okay well i know off the bat josh rosen is not it you know okay i would rather okay. run a wildcat offense um <laughs> just put ty to that quarterback there's no way we're gonna sign josh rosen and if he does i might rescind my colts fandom um uh-huh. i just don't believe in the, the frozen rosen um uh-huh. sam donald I, I i i wouldn't want him you know sorry uh-huh. albert but um yeah I, I just i don't know i mean after you mentioned to me that you know Joe Flacco is finding more success than Sam Donald, you know. I mean, given the situation, like that, did made me think, like, why is that? You know, like, how come, mm. like, Joe Flacco was able to do, like, dude, he's even at his best, he was like still considered, like, I don't know, a little bit better than average quarterback, and like Sammy D can't do as much as him. I don't know. That's a little concerning for me, and he's like probably like half his age. Um, yeah. I mean, of the of the ones you mentioned, Matthew Stafford has probably be on the top of my list. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy has an arm. This guy is a playmaker. He, he he is a little bit inconsistent, I think. But I feel like if anyone in the quarterback has been built uh, dealt a bad hand, it's it's Matt Stafford. Yeah. Um, I mean, besides Megatron, of course, I feel like he's always been with terrible coaches. Um, he has really never had. A lot of star receivers around him, star running mm-hmm. backs around him, mm-hmm. even his O line. Like, there's like he's always, uh, yeah, just been dealt a bad hand, and so I don't think Max Stafford gets a fair shake a lot of times. Um, 
but yeah, I, I feel like he he is the one who stands out the most to me. Um, I don't know. I think there's other guys too. Like I'm sure Ryan Fitzpatrick will be looking for a job soon. Um, Jamise Winston, he he's on. <laughs> hey, but wait, hey, really quickly, Winston mm-hmm. threw for five thousand yards last year and like thirty touchdowns. You and wouldn't like be fifty 30 interceptions. Inter- <laughs> he, he, he had a thirty for thirty last year with uh, touchdowns and interceptions. But you wouldn't be interested in that. I would not. I would not. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> yeah. I, and I'm sure. I'm sure. Like the Eagles are thinking about Carson Wentz being on the block. I'm, I'm sure. Uh, mm-hmm. What is his name? The the rookie. Um, Jalen Hurts. I'm yeah, Jalen sure, Hurts. Sure, yeah, I'm sure he's getting ready as well. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see who else. Um, like I don't know. I'm, even the Giants. Like, do they stick with Daniel Jones? Right, that, right. That's a tough question. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Washington's probably going to need a new quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. There's there's just so many vacancies, and I don't know. I was going to ask you this, Albert. Do you feel like there's less quarterback talent in today's league than like I don't know, let's say ten years ago, or do you think? That I don't know, just the game is just different now. Hmm. I, I actually think that the the high end quarterbacks are fantastic. As we mentioned, we read all off like a ton of names of guys who are really really great and guys who are going to be be really great, right? Like a, mm-hmm. like our K our boy K one. But I think what it is right now is I think I feel like the mediocre, sorry, the mid tier quarterbacks aren't mediocre enough. I, I think that's a problem. I feel like mm-hmm. you remember like when Alex Smith was playing really well for the Niners, playing really well for the Chiefs. He right. was mediocre, but he was consistently me- mediocre. You know, yeah, he was. But I think the the issue with like the mid tier quarterbacks now, of all the names that we rattled off, a lot of them are mediocre, but they're not consistently mediocre. A lot of them will have really bad weeks sometimes, and really kind of mess with that balance. And I think that's the main issue that we're getting with a lot of these quarterbacks right now. And you know, I, I he, so okay, a good example. And this is a good transition for us. I think a good example of a mediocre quarterback that's actually really mediocre, but also has weeks where he's really freaking good. I I think that's Ryan Tannehill on the Titans. I feel like the way that Tannehill has been playing for them. And if you look at the PFF numbers, if you look at the advanced stats, he's been really freaking great for them since last Mm. season. Yeah. And it, it really makes you wonder because so, you know, in our notes, I, the, the person that I really want to talk about in terms of the Titans was Derrick Henry. I mean, this past weekend against your Colts, uh, they put up 45 points. Derrick Henry, Yikes. his line, he went for 178 and three touchdowns. And so something that I wanted to ask you, Andrew, I feel like Derrick Henry is the most underrated, overrated player in the league. I feel like a lot of times people say that Derrick Henry is overrated and he's like just a good running, runner and powerful guy. But I also wonder if he's a little underrated. If that makes sense, because I feel mm-hmm. like, especially as you get it in towards like the later later parts of the season, like it feels like Henry just builds momentum as the season goes on, and that really showed itself this past Sunday against you guys. He put up three touchdowns on you guys, and so just wanted mm-hmm. to get your thoughts on Henry because I think he's just he's not talked about enough. Uh, so real quick, um, you know, just defend the Colts honor a little bit. Uh, we did have <laughs> two of our starters out on the we had Defoe out, Buckner was out. Yeah. And we also had the Nico Autry out, uh, former Raider. He's a really good D lineman. I mean, I'm not trying to make excuses. Derrick Henry is still a monster. Dude, mm-hmm. just imagine, like, if you're a defensive player and you're trying to tackle this guy who's built 
like he's built like a old lineman kind of like mm. the size of him and also like his strength and then you you add that with his speed like this guy is like frankenstein like he's built in a lab or something yeah. um now i feel like why he is underrated is every t- opposing team playing the titans the number one thing you're going to look at on tape and film and prepare for is Derrick Henry, right? Mm. You know that run is coming. You know he's going to run it down the gut. And yet, he's still going to put up 100 yeah. yards, 170 yards. And so, I feel like that's the most underrated aspect of his game is you know it's coming to him, yet it's it's inevitable that he's he's going to get his yards, he's going to get his touchdowns, and he's going to eat. Um, and also, another underrated aspect of Derrick Henry is his uh, durability. Um, I'm very surprised at how healthy he's been able to be throughout the season. Um, I mean, like, I'm sure he gets hit hard all the time, <laughs> but uh, he's he's still standing and he's still running. And so, um, dude, he, he, he definitely carries that Titans offense. I can't, like, what I imagine when that run is not going, Tannehill's not going to get them out of that that mm-hmm. hole you know they really need to develop that um that run so that that play action can get like aj brown open right. or um those other guys and so yeah but i want to give a lot of credit to mike Vrabel, Vrabel, um the head coach was how do you say it? Vrabel. um <laughs> i think he's he's a tough coach man he's a he's he a good coach and i think like I can sense a lot of that discipline in the Titans players and like mm-hmm. in the way that they hit their blocks and like they really established the run. Like they kind of have this big boy mentality and I, I can see that in the Titans. And so uh, props to them. And, you know, they're, they're a worthy team, man. They're a really worthy team. So uh, Derek Henry, I definitely don't think he's overrated. The reason why you said Mike Vrabel is because you're too young to remember him as a Patriots linebacker. Um, Mike Vrabel was a really good linebacker on the Patriots back in the day. And he's exactly in, uh, what... 1923? Such a, not that long ago, okay? He's, he's like one of the youngest coaches in the league. The thing That's with Vrabel is he was a really disciplined, hard-nosed player as a linebacker yeah. for Bill Belichick. You know, on those Brady teams. You, before you were worried about me putting a gun to your head, I'm starting to get worried. Is there a street fight brewing behind you? Uh... <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. There's a lot of background noise today. I'm, I'm not in my usual setting. Um, that might be why I'm not like I'm, I'm not like quick with it today. But uh, um, yeah, I'm at uh, Josephine's house, uh, so they're like, I don't know what's going on out there. But <laughs> just want to make sure you're safe. You know, with the noises we're hearing, we're getting a little worried here. So. Yeah, I'm good. Um, but if I blink <laughs> twice, Albert, just call the cops, okay? <laughs> you know, speaking of uh, street fights, I-, I was watching AJ Brown, and this guy is like maybe other than uh-huh. Derrick Hen- Henry, one of the hardest guys to tackle in the freaking league. It's huge. And if you look at AJ Brown and DK Metcalf, these guys were teammates in 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 college uh, at Ole Miss. I'm gonna put my gun to your head again, Andrew. If uh, AJ Brown and DK Metcalf got into a street fight, who wins that one? Or do we all just lo- like you know what I imagined? You know how mm-hmm. in um, Dragon Ball Z when the two guys used to used to battle and then they would like shoot kamehamehas at each other and then they would just explode and then all the rocks around them would get wrecked. Is right. that what would happen if AJ Brown and DK Metcalf got in a fight? Like we would get hurt from watching. I mean, yeah, we we would be the real winners. Uh, we get to see a fight more worthy than uh, Jake Paul and Nate Robinson oh, for sure. <laughs> uh, can we break that down for a second? What happened in that one? Nate Robinson was just flying into the punches. Is that what it was? 
Dude, I don't know. So I was I was about to turn it on. I was a little late to it. I turned it on yeah. and he's on the floor. He's already done. <laughs> I was like, what? Already? So, okay. Just from watching the fight, the biggest thing that I noticed is that like Nate still has the elite speed, right? Like yes. the dude is like still really, really quick. The problem is like this guy was like leaning into Jake Paul like constantly. Like right. he was trying so hard to hit him that he was like jumping at him and then he just was leaving himself open to get rocked. And so that was pretty sad, man. It was rough. And he wore like Nick's colors that night. The funniest oh, no. thing I saw, the funniest thing I saw on Twitter was that after he got um, rocked, uh, Jesus and Miro, uh, I think it was Jesus, he tweeted out, he wasn't wearing Nick colors, he was wearing Mets colors. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was, it was a pretty rough fight, but uh, shouts to, who was it, Jake Paul? Logan Paul? Which one is it? It was Jake, Jake Paul. Jake Paul. Jake Paul. He's a younger one or older one? He, I believe he's a younger one. Uh, see, I'm a boomer. Uh, I'm showing my age here. I yeah, no but they, they both fight, I think, Logan and Jake. Mm. Um, but, dude, I feel so bad for Nate. Like, the memes yeah, were unstoppable that night. And it's going to be unstoppable for for a little bit. That's that's the toxicity of our culture today, for sure. Yeah. But I don't know, man. Like, if you're going to go out like that, you got to expect the memes to come, you know? Yeah. I mean, he did get put to sleep. It wasn't like a seven round knockout. It was like yeah. it was the second round. Was it the first round? Yeah, second round? early second round too. Felt like, and he got knocked down like three times before that, or two times before that. So, yeah, man, I hate to see like guys like Jake Paul win, you know. And mm-hmm. now he like he called out like Conor McGregor, and <laughs> he's so stupid. He'll get he'll get slept <sighs> by Conor. But um, do you but feel anyway. like this is do you feel like this is the end of uh, Nate Robinson's fighting career? It's over from here. Dude, I hope so, man. Uh, don't embarrass <laughs> yourself twice. But also, really quickly, this goes to show like how much boxing has died, like the sport mm. of boxing. But we're mm. we're excited to watch Nate Robinson box and fifty-four-year-old Mike Tyson. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. They're probably like, we still have to carry this this sport, man. Like, <sighs> we're the ones who got to bring in the pay per view. Um, like, because honestly, I can't really men- I can't really name on the top of my head like current boxers like i don't know who if you say like who's the light heavyweight champion right now i don't know i don't know who that is i only watch well, I mean, like tyson hmm. and uh, i mean uh, fury and uh, wilder wilder yeah yeah anthony joshua right yeah. yeah but okay i mean like okay so we before we wrap this we do want to say uh farewell to nate robinson's boxing career it's probably over <laughs> and uh you know we're gonna take a break right here and uh we'll, we're gonna have to say goodbye to our old friends at the office from netflix so uh, oh my goodness yeah Let's take a break. If you're a big fan of podcasts or want to show some support to the Secret Weapon podcast, go sign up for Stitcher Premium today at stitcher.com premium for only $4.99 a month. Stitcher Premium gives you access to ad-free episodes, comedy albums, and exclusive shows from Stitcher. Now, if you just want to check it out and don't know if Stitcher is for you, we've got you. You can use our promo code WARRIORS at checkout and get a month free on us. So go check it out. All right, guys, we are back from the break. And, um, you know, it's sad to say, but it's time for us to say goodbye. For us, for our listeners out there, you know, we haven't talked about it too much because, you know, we've got so much other stuff to cover. But Andrew and I are gigantic Office fans. And we, we, we had like one episode, right, that was more dedicated to The Office. But um, yeah. it, it, it's finally over. 
right? Netflix is saying goodbye to The Office at the end of the month. They're losing The Office to Peacock. Um, and people in, on social media have been going crazy all week. And, you know, for me, Andrew, though, I, I do want to say it feels a little weird just because we've known that this was coming for months now. Um, and just really quickly, I do want to mention to our listeners out there, I think, excuse me, I think Peacock is like $5 a month. So it's not an absolute nightmare. And you get like Parks and Rec on there. If you like soccer, you get the Premier League on Peacock. But it is sad to see it leave Netflix because Netflix is such a big part of our lives in terms of streaming and stuff like that. I just want to get your initial thoughts on uh, The Office leaving Netflix, man. It's a sad goodbye. Dude, it really is. I mean, that's where I watched The Office. I came onto it late and Netflix had all of it. Mm. Um, I don't know. Do you, do you think um, Netflix, I mean, is this a thing where like Peacock just like took away rights because of money or like did Netflix not offer enough or what was no, it? So, so what it is here is that The Office was the NBC show. Right, Peacock right. is NBC's streaming platform. So sure. for NBC, they're like, hey, if we're going to start a streaming thing, we have to get our biggest hitters. And so we're going to grab you know, the, the office back from Netflix and we're going to, you know, push Peacock. So that's what right. I hear. No, I mean, cause even with, uh, you know, them do, using only Peacock, I'm sure they're going to lose a lot of viewers just yeah. because of the novelty of having to do a whole new service with Peacock and stuff. I'm sure a lot of people, they don't want to go through that. Like, I don't know that 10 minute process or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like if I put it into sports terms, like it, it's like they, they let Netflix is letting, um, like a huge star player leave you know and mm. i mean i don't know if it's letting them or they they kind of got it stolen from them um but i feel like you know nbc and netflix had a good mutual benefit here you know like yeah i'm sure nbc made a lot of money through uh netflix streaming the office and mm. now I, I don't know who knows um you know maybe a lot of people will watch it on peacock but i feel like it's not going to be as much yeah um but yeah i mean it's nonetheless it is sad um the office is on all year long for me and I'm, I'm always <laughs> constantly watching it and I'm going to have to go. <laughs> I'm going to have to subscribe to Peacock just for this, man. <laughs> you know, and Andrew, I think your case is the, the poster boy case for a lot of people. Like, I feel like I'm a obvi- oh, God, I hate saying this out loud again, but I am a little bit older than you for sure. And so for me, I watched The Office as the episodes were coming out, um, you know, live on TV. Uh, I'm that old, you know, but for people like you, your generation and after you guys, everyone picked up The Office um, through Netflix. I mean, guys, since the last episode of season nine of The Office till now, it's been seven years. That fi- the finale was in 2013, which is when I was, you know, in grad school. So that shows my age again. But I, like, mm. I, I feel like a lot of people have that deep connection with The Office through Netflix. And so for the so for The Office to leave Netflix, it, it is a lot of people like you are going to feel like they're losing like a big chunk of their childhood or college or whatever. So I do think there's a very intimate connection between Netflix and the office for a lot of people, which kind of leads me to my next question for you, Andrew. Do you have like a favorite memory of watching the office on Netflix? Um, well, yeah, one, I mean, going back to your point of one, what is TV? And, um, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> oh, I'm God. just kidding. Um, yeah, I mean, for, yeah, I picked it up in college too, and 
uh, this is kind of bad. I might get a little, little bit of a hate for this, but mm-hmm. a lot of times on my drive home from Riverside to home, like mm-hmm. I fall asleep very easily. And so this isn't good, but this was the only way to keep me awake. And it was very effective. You know, I've tried other things that didn't really work. Like, uh, turning up the ac or heater never mm-hmm. worked for me i try to blast music never worked for me but on my little magnet thing i put on my uh my phone and i streamed the office on netflix through mm-hmm. my phone on my drive mm-hmm. home from riverside i know it's a little dangerous uh, i know very I dangerous have done that. very 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 <laughs> but i really really like that's like my like the, the first memory that comes to mind is like all those hours of driving back and forth mm-hmm. from school I spend it with Michael Scott in the office, you know, like mm-hmm. I just make a pit stop at the gas station, pick up some Slim Jims, a uh, little Gatorade and snack for the road. And I'm watching the office and I'm like, that hour flew by because it's an hour mm-hmm. drive basically from home. Um, but yeah, I, and I like, strangely enough, I actually look forward to traffic where like, I straight, I looked forward to driving for uh, a commuting because I knew I was going to be able to watch the office. So, mm-hmm. um, and it really kept me awake. So I want to thank the office for not getting in, getting me into any car accidents <laughs> and uh, for making my commutes that enjoyable. Um, I know it's dangerous. I'm sorry for doing that, but to me, like on the contrary, it was preventing me from danger, you know, cause mm-hmm. I wasn't falling asleep. So, so that was my, my defense of that. All right. I mean, obviously you could have died and this pod could have never happened, but I, I hear, so you can't stay awake for a one hour drive. No, I can't. If that's, I'm sleepy, dude, rough. it's, it's yeah, I can't. Damn. Okay. So shots to, shots to the office for that. I think my favorite memory now, this is really freaking corny. And I was like trying to think of something else, but I, I, I really felt like it, this is meaningful. And this, this goes out to my wife, Christian, because there was a time <clears throat> when my wife and I, we had a, had a rough patch while we were dating. And um, not that we were fighting or anything, but our families had some conflicts and whatever. And this was like pre-marriage, of course, even pre-engagement. This is when we were just dating. It was kind of like serious, right? Our dating time was serious. But um, there was a time when things were not in doubt per se, but things were a little rocky. And I was watching The Office and watching season three. And when, you know, at the end of season three, when Pam and Jim get together again, um, I know, I know it's freaking corny. I know. But there was a moment when things were a little rough in my life. And I remember watching them and seeing them Mm -hmm. eventually get together. And then at season four uh, premiere of Fun Run, they're like dating and everything's good. And I remember watching that thinking like, you know, Christian and I, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. You know, wow. Jim and Pam, Jim and Pam gave me hope. And, you know, wow. a couple of years later, we're married now. So I think that's my most like intimate and favorite memory of watching The Office on Netflix. Nice. Yeah. Shout out to Christian, man. I know both of you guys are huge Office fans and it yeah. must play a really big, like, I don't know, it must hold a big spot in your guys's not only like individually, but like as a couple too, you guys both love yeah. it so much. So you're right. Yeah, and the funny thing with this whole story is that she hates Pam so much, um, and yet, you know, yeah, Jim and Pam gave me so much hope. Uh, for the record, my <laughs> wife is like the biggest Dwight fan in the world. She thinks like he's just the greatest human being ever, just with his loyalty and like work ethic and stuff like that. So, uh, did I ever ask mm. you who your favorite character is? I did, right? I forget. Uh, I'm yeah, I think I think I said Andy. Oh, yeah. and that's you know that's a really bad take. That Andy's your favorite character ever. Oh, that's a terrible goodness. take, man. 
It is. If we didn't have an outline today, I'd school you right now, but <laughs> we have an outline. <laughs> Dude, if you take season seven, eight, and nine of Andy, like that's like the worst character on the show, bro. He's the most hateable character. So Michael Jordan didn't have a bad GM career, you know. Anderson Silva lost like his last ten fights. Every great, every great player has a bad end to their legacy. Okay. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> hey, that's that's fair. That is fair. Rudy, do do do. That's fair. Yeah. What's Bernard your fa- okay? Hey, hey, you're an Andy fan. Biggest, uh, your favorite Andy song on the show. Um. Dang. Uh, like. Like when he's just when he's singing, right? Yeah, like, yeah. In your head, <laughs> in your head. <laughs> that one is good. I mean, I was thinking about the uh, staying alive. He he killed that actually. He was really that, good. Yeah, at that's that. actually really good. And he he did um, the what is love really well too. Dude, you're so good at it. I'm like, you sound just like him. Oh, there's another Dude, he, good one too. He kills it though. Like, does, it actually sounds good. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, how about his ringtone? The one with the acapella one. Oh, with the acapella. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no, when his phone gets stuck do, in the ceiling. Do, 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 da, 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 da. <laughs> Give me the beatboard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what are the good anti songs? Wait, what, what was his ringtone one again? This is the one where Jim plays a prank yeah. on him, puts his phone in the, and then it's just. Do, 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 do. Uh, that's how it goes. I just that's all I remember. Bow, 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 bow. No, it's not the bow, 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 is it? It is. It is. It all day yeah. long. Yeah, 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 singing that song. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I did all four parts. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're missing an Andy song, though. Andy song. I, I felt like all the Sweeney Todd stuff was whatever. Uh, Dude, you know, actually, like uh, when he was performing the uh, what's the song, Susanna or something, whatever, in in the actual play, he was like really uh-huh, good uh-huh. at that part. Susanna, was oh, it Suzanne? Is that Suzanne? I don't, I don't, I don't remember. remember. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, dude. In, uh... Attend the tale of Sweeney Todd. <laughs> <laughs> He's so good. Yeah, he he is actually really freaking talented. It's it's like funny because he's so good at it. You know, like he knows how to do it. Um, he does the with the when the acapella group comes, he talks, he he sings his number. That gets stolen by. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, George Colbert. Michael. George Michael. Yeah, Faith. Yeah, yeah Faith. He also at the end, of last season or last episode or uh-huh. before he leaves for uh-huh. to try out for. Uh, oh, really good. That's a really good one. What song was it? Uh, damn, that he plays on I, the guitar. I will remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't let your love. <laughs> oh, he's good, man. Andrew's really, really good. Yeah, thank uh, you. I know. All right, damn, you kind of won me over. His music is such a big part of the show. I think we forget that sometimes. No, I just think that it's it's really hard to play his character like as like this annoying guy 
mm. without like, like I don't know. I just feel like nobody can really play his character. <laughs> oh, we. <are. laughs> I just remembered that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, dude, there's there's so many, but I feel like there's like this small circle of actors mm-hmm. who can kind of do what he does, and that's like yeah. him, maybe like Jack Black, mm-hmm. and maybe like Jim Carrey. You know, like mm-hmm. kind of like that slapstick. They're really good at like sounds and like mm-hmm. imitating things, and um, you know, like if anyone could have played School of Rock, uh, mm-hmm. Jack Black. It, role it would have been i feel like maybe um ed helps you know mm. yeah damn now i'm just thinking about um the watermark episode when he's singing in the car with with jim when jim's um, like can you play some music give it a beat boy <laughs> free my soul <laughs> or when he's um uh, playing the the that weird guitar thing uh-huh. and then the banjo like, no oh is it the banjo and he oh, was like on. taking requests he's like yes please stop oh, yeah. <laughs> there's a place in friends where the naked ah <laughs> oh, man now that we're talking about it damn andy sang a lot on that show man of course man he he, that's that's why he's my favorite he character did. A440. You remember that one? <laughs> Dude, that's so good. Because, like, I know what that means, you know? Oh. A440 is a very specific pitch. That's so good. Yeah. Oh, damn. You're actually winning me over with this. I never thought of, like, those last seasons being Andy's, like, post-prime. You know, when he kind of falls yeah, off the map post-prime. a little bit. That's his post-prime. Damn. Sure. It is really good. He sings like more than words with his dad, but kind of his dad. That's true. Stops. Yeah. Uh, God damn, he sings a lot. He sings. Yeah, he sings probably like every other episode. Ah, uh, dude, I think the ultimate that one though is in your head. That one's always stuck in my head, literally. <laughs> in your head. <laughs> oh, you know what? Uh, you know what's my favorite is uh, when they're still back in Stanford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What song is that? No, and then Jim's singing, yeah. like trying to trying to annoy Karen, um, and he's singing. Ah, um, oh, shoot! What's the song? Uh, Karen gets all annoyed because she's like, "It's gonna be stuck in my head." Yeah, and and then um, then it pans out that you can see Andy jamming out to <laughs> yeah. what Jim is singing. <laughs> That's my favorite. I love that. I love that. God, I can't remember this freaking um, song. I'm just bothering dude, you. You're gonna have to look it up. We we gotta sing this one for our listener. You gotta sing this one for the listener. What is it? It's definitely season three, of course. Yes, yes. Um, Michael, you might have to edit this pause. Oh <laughs> damn! All right, we're not gonna find it. But when we here, keep thinking about it, and then we'll sing it. Okay? Oh, you'll sing it. Oh, damn, I can't remember. Uh, but anyway for our listeners out there sorry we had this whole tangent um i think andrew and i are just a little emotional that um the office is leaving netflix now but um mm-hmm. you know it's it's time it's time to say goodbye and here's a, here's a good way to think about it guys and then when they go to andy it's <laughs> i don't go. care about anything but you He's like, whatever happened to those guys? <laughs>
Oh, it's so good. That's so good. You remembered it. <laughs> yeah. Jim is Loki terrible at singing. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's not. Ah, <laughs> oh, God, that's a good one. But um, hey, anyway, um, for our listeners out there, just don't buy one cup of coffee a month, and you'll have the office in your life forever. That's a good way to think yes. about it. Yeah, yes. just cut out one cup of coffee, and you're good. It's five bucks for Peacock. So, I'm sure you can find <sighs> illegal streams, though. Jesus. <laughs> Not that we endorse that uh, type of behavior. Uh, yeah. Spotify, if you're listening, it's not us. It's not us. Well, yep. Just, just pay for it. Just pay for it. Yep. All right. Uh, before we close out today, we have to stay true to Secret Weapon and talk about some NBA. Um, the preseason is back. We're going to have the preseason next weekend. Uh, the Knicks are back in less than nine days right now. We're eight days plus before the New York Knicks <laughs> are back on the court. Uh, playing for pride Shout out to I 2013 think. Knicks. <laughs> That's what we're playing for this season, right? The Knicks we're playing for pride. We're playing for development, for experience, for growth. We're not playing for a championship. That's clear, but we're okay with that. Um, but Andrew, first off, just want to say, how are you feeling so far? Any thoughts come to mind as we have such a quick turnaround from the end of last season to next season? Um, I mean, I think we'll start tomorrow. I mean, we really know the answer. Lakers are going to win it all. So let's just fast forward, honestly. <laughs> uh, you know, something I was thinking about, Andrew, I think we talked about uh, this last week. I feel like the Lakers are going to be one of the most boring teams to watch in the regular season. And the reason why I say that is you already know that LeBron is going to have some sort of phantom injury that does not exist. He's going to go away to South Beach. He's going to relax a little bit. He'll come back. Mm. I say, hey, over, under, I think LeBron pay, plays like, what, 45 games a season? Maybe 50 games? I, I just mm. don't think there's a snowball's chance in hell that he plays all 72, right? No I mean, way, no it's, way. It's accurate, right? Yeah. He's got to be at like 50, 45 around that, right? Mm. Yeah. I mean, I feel like... Um, Depending on this pandemic situation, I mean, everything's probably still going to be... Do you know if it's going to be a bubble? No, it's not. So what they're going to do, as we mentioned, they're going to try to keep travel safe. And then, like, if you go to a certain city, play two games against that team okay, over okay. three nights, you know? That kind of thing. Yeah. But fans are going to be allowed in or no? No, 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 no. No fans. I, I'm pretty okay. sure for most. Because I think that does play a part in um, LeBron's decision to play, you know, or whether he gets, quote unquote, injured. Because uh, I feel like, you know, he is kind of on the last leg of his career. Hmm. And so I'm sure he would want to, you know, play at least like the away games, you know, at least for the fans. Hmm. Uh, like, I'm sure he wants that farewell tour too. So. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if it's not a thing, you know, fans, I mean, fans can't come into the arena, then he's going to be more injured this season for sure. And then come back near the end. Catch the momentum and then just sweep through the playoffs to his mm-hmm. fifth championship. Dude, I don't know if you saw this on social media, but LeBron is working out with Bronny in the offseason, which I think is freaking so cool if you think about it. Like, imagine you're 16-year-old Bronny, and you yourself are like a highly touted high school talent. Your dad happens to be the best player on the planet, and in the offseason, you get to work out with him. That's pretty amazing, you know? And when I saw those pictures, I saw that video, it really made me think, I think... LeBron is going to play at least until 2024 because I think the first year that Bronny can come into the draft is 2023 because that's going to be the year of the double draft where high school players are going to be able to come back uh, to get drafted. 
Nice. So if Bronny comes in at 2023 and he gets drafted, and I'm pretty sure that's when his contract ends with the Lakers too, you could definitely see LeBron signing with wherever Bronny gets drafted. And 100%. that could be really, really freaking cool. So 100%. you know how you mentioned it feels like last legs. I feel like more than the last legs of his career, I think this is the last legs of his prime and starting – not this season, but next season, like the 2021-22 season, I think we'll definitely see um, some real regression, like real, real regression in LeBron's game. But knowing his uh, fitness level and his dedication to his body, I think he makes it to at least 2024 as long as there isn't like a major injury. Yeah, I agree. I, I think he is trying to play with the son. Um, hmm. I think they'd be the first to ever do that, right? Honestly, like off the back, uh, back of my hand, like I don't know, but like at like the, the same time, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not sure. But the coolest thing we've seen is like Ken Griffey Jr. when he came into the league in baseball, he played with his dad on the Mariners. That could be mm -hmm. a cool look, you know? Yeah, for sure. I, I think I agree with you. I think it's going to happen. Uh, he'll sign wherever Bronny gets drafted. And then, dude, that's going to be a huge marketing thing. Like, even if, like, I don't know, like the Pistons, um, they draft Bronny, I'm sure. LeBron's down to go there, and I'm sure mm. um, the Pistons would be down to have LeBron too, you know, because that's going to be such a huge like marketing boost for them. Um, I mean, let's be honest, they're not going to be in contention for another 30 years, so might as well sign well, LeBron. Well, hey, we don't know, though, because the Pistons today just picked up LiAngelo Ball. Oh, So my a lot goodness. of star power there, you know, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of media attention. I mean, they might butt heads with the stardom thing, you know? They might just steal a ring. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Is it a fake ring? <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Well, yeah, quite, I think it'll be interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy for Leangelo, man. Um, oh, dude, yeah, yeah, me too. I'm sure it can't be easy being the, one of the three Ball brothers with all that attention, and then you're the only one that's not in the league yet. Mm. Yeah, it must be tough. I'm, I'm sure he regrets his decision, and whatever everyone's opinion is about the Ball brothers and you know the Ball family. Yeah, like. That still is a tremendous, tremendous accomplishment to have all three of your sons make it into the mm. NBA. You know, that's yeah. crazy. Like, think about yeah. that, you know? And, and a lot of people might say, like, oh, the Pistons just picked him up for marketing reasons. That's not necessarily true. I mean, Leangelo Ball got a full scholarship to play at UCLA, and he would have played there, you know, regularly if he didn't have that whole stealing thing and you know he picked up, he got picked up by the uh thunder g league team last year it's not like this guy can't play basketball you know it's not mm -hmm. it's not a chris smith situation i don't know if you remember this but there was a time that jr smith was on the knicks and as a favor to jr they signed his younger brother chris smith and this guy is like really bad mm -hmm. um like he's a ymca type of player but he made an nba roster it's this is not one of those things i think liangelo actually might be able to play in the nba um, I don't think he'll be as good as his brothers, but there's potential there. I mean, the guy can, he's probably the best shooter of them. Um, he's definitely the strongest. He's the most athletic out of the three. So mm. there is potential there. Um, I, I know I said it like in, in just before as a joke, but um, I think it's an interesting signing and he'll join a really weird roster in Detroit. But um, yeah, we'll see. I, I agree with you, man. I think there is a factor where if you're LeVar Ball, damn. I do somebody. I think it was the Ringer. They tweeted a tweet today of they said uh, Levar Ball current mood, and they showed the video of Thanos when he's uh, on that planet after uh -huh. he you know snapped his fingers and he's just like chilling on a farm and he just like oh, yeah, sits yeah, yeah. down and he's relaxed. That's Levar Ball right now. Like he made it happen. His For boys sure. are in the league.
Yeah. Speaking of like family playing together, you think all three brothers will be on the same team at one point in their careers? Because that's gonna be another marketing thing too, you know. And I know Lavar is probably trying to trying his best to get that to happen, uh, but I don't know. I mean, it's, it's the NBA; it's not gonna be exactly easy to do that. I think Lonzo and Leangelo are super down, but the last like year and a half, Lamelo has been really different. So LaMelo Ball, he's been trained by Jermaine Jackson, former NBA player, and he's got he's got a little weird like him leaving, um, living, leaving triple B's for Puma. Like he didn't even tell his dad before doing that. And it feels like LaMelo's really trying to like be his own man and like kind of detach himself from the family, which I think I can understand why he wants to do that. But at the same time, it's like. If you're thinking about potentially the three brothers playing together, it feels like that won't ever happen with the way that Lamelo's kind of like going rogue right now. So yeah, mm-hmm. I would say it would be cool if they did, but I I think Lamelo is the one who keeps it from happening. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. see that. It's always the youngest, isn't it? Yeah, you're right. You're right. This guy's too cool, man. He thinks he's too cool for uh, his brothers. But um, all right, and then uh, we get opening night. Opening night is December twenty third. And hey, look at this. Look at this. First game of the season. We get the Golden State Warriors versus the Brooklyn Nets. We get KD and Kyrie. KD against his former bros uh, from the Bay uh, against Stephen Dre and Kelly Oubre. Am I right? Is this a rhyme? <laughs> what the hell is going on here? Um, but uh, yeah, that, what do you? any thoughts uh, on that one? Warriors, Nets? No, yeah, dude, it's going to be really fun to watch. Um, I feel like I suspect a little fireworks uh, with mm. Draymond and uh, KD, and I think a little spice for sure. There's gonna be a few elbows thrown in there, a lot of jawing for sure. I'm sad Clay can't be in the picture, but I'm I'm also excited to see Ubre uh, mm-hmm. in there. But also, like I mean, wow, KD and Kyrie, we haven't seen them play in a very long time, so we'll see how that goes. Possibly even James Harden, who knows? Ooh. Also, we'll see the debut of the number two pick in the draft, James Wiseman playing center for the Warriors. Right. I think that'll be interesting to watch. But I agree with you, man. I it the thing that's funny, uh KD as he, you know, he got to training camp this week. They asked him like, "How are you feeling? How do you think he's going to play?" He's like, "Bro, I have no idea. Like I have to get on the court. I haven't played in an NBA game for over a year and a half." And I think that'll be interesting to see KD coming off of the worst injury I think an NBA player can get in tearing his Achilles. It'll hmm. be interesting to see how much his game has changed because I feel like offensively he'll be there. But when you talk to these guys who have had the Achilles injury, all of them talk about the defensive end of it and how they're not the same defensively. So I do wonder what he'll look like defensively because KD was a fantastic defender before he got hurt. And I think if he's not the same defender with Kyrie, and we know the type of defender that Kyrie is, not very good. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how Brooklyn looks defensively. Not to say mm. that you know defense is everything in this type of matchup, but it will be interesting to see. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, hey, two days after that, we get Christmas. And here, okay, I'm gonna read you the 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 matchups. And Andrew, I want you to pick which one is most interesting to you, other than the Lakers <laughs> one. Okay, uh-huh. just want to we got we got to make sure that's in there. First game, Pelicans Heat. Right then, we get Warriors, Bucks, and then we get Nets, Celtics, Mavs, Lakers, Clips, Nuggets. Out of those, which one do you think will be pretty interesting? Um, I think I'm most excited to see. I think I'm yeah. I'll probably tune into the Clips Nuggets game. 
Um, I want to see how the clips come back and like, I mean, it's it's only one game, but um, to see if they're real again, you know, and if they're mm. serious about this or if they're a legit contender. Same with the Nuggets, you know, are they legit this year? Are they going to be contenders this year again? Um, and ultimately, yeah, this is like these are the two teams like the Lakers probably have to be most worried about. So, uh, yeah, I would want to see um, how well they look. And, you know, I mean, mm. or so for me, it's like which of these teams will take the Lakers to five games? Uh, mm. That's it. <laughs> Jesus. You know, it's really funny. I, I think it's it's cool that you you pick the Clippers because. Um, at the time of our recording, I think this was yesterday or two days ago, Paul George was on the uh, All That Smoke podcast with Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes. Mm-hmm. And really funny, he was saying how he didn't he didn't feel like a great he was a great fit with him and Doc Rivers' system because he he said that Doc Rivers had him coming off a lot of screens, a lot of pin downs, kind of playing him as like a JJ Reddick Ray Allen type. And he was like, I felt like I should have been playing more pick and roll. The funny thing is. Kevin O'Connor of the ringer went through the numbers and he found that Paul George ran the pick and roll more last year than ever at any point in his career. Um, Mm. He ran it at like 35% last year. And meanwhile, his career high before that was like 23%. That's substantially more of him running the pick and roll. And I just bring this up to say, I think it's really funny how Paul George had this complete misconception of his role in the offense and how he went on a podcast and just kind of publicly embarrassed himself. Because if you look at the numbers now, he's just completely wrong. He actually ran the pick and roll more than he ever has in his career. And it's funny how he tried to throw Doc Rivers under the bus. Meanwhile, this guy, as you always make fun of him for, is throwing the ball off the side of the backboard in a playoff game. And I think for me, Andrew, this just shows his weak-ass mentality. Like Paul George, instead of taking responsibility of not showing up in the playoffs, he tries to throw it on Doc Rivers and blame him. A coach who's no longer there, mind you, which in itself is a weak-ass move. But he tries to throw his former coach under the bus, and then he gets found out by, by Twitter. Kevin O'Connor throws the numbers out there, and now I'm sure, I bet you Paul George and his team have seen that tweet and have seen those numbers, and now he has egg on his face. And so for me, Andrew, I think that's such an embarrassing and weak and small and childish t- childish move by Paul Jordan and I'm so happy that he got flamed for it today on Twitter. Yeah man, just own up to it. just say I didn't play well. That's all you have to do. You know? Now you're going to come on to the season and I mean what excuse is there this this time, you know? Mm-hmm. This reminds me of the uh, Shim and Shin podcast where Shin was saying how he hates it when people are no no Shim said this. He hates it when people are late and they give reasons why they're late. <laughs> and you know like Hey, dude, if you're late, just tell me you're late. Like, don't try to come up with some excuse like my mom was sick. Like, no one cares about your mom being sick. Just be on time. Dude, what the hell is your problem? Like, if you're not going to be on time, just be a man. Say that you're not on time. Yeah, don't don't freaking throw your mom under the bus, right? That's nonsense. Yeah. I mean, honestly, how, how, much, how much easier is it to just say, like, I played bad? Exactly. Like how much easier is that than to say like, oh, it was for these reasons, and now you're gonna be even under more scrutiny. And then if you don't right. live up to that expectation, then you know you just yeah, you're just a joke. So. It's a soft move. That's what it is. It's a soft, weak, childish move. And it for is, a guy named for a guy like Paul George, who his you know his record in the league is kind of all over the place right now as as a main guy on a team, I think it's just really really embarrassing, man. It, it's stupid. 
Um, other than the Clips and Nuggets, though, I did want to say, I, I think for, you know, in terms of it being an Eastern Conference battle, I feel like Net Celtics is going to be really interesting. You know, not just because Kyrie's playing his former team, but we get to see like the Nets with their new roster and with KD, you know, now being healthy and with Kyrie, are they going to have enough gas to beat the Celtics team? Now, mind you, the Celtics team is not the same team anymore. They've lost Hayward now, and now they're putting, you know, a lot more responsibility on Jalen Brown and um, who else? Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum and all those guys. Uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on that one, because I feel like it's going to be a really, really good matchup. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, this is going to be, I don't know. I'll, I'll ask the question back to you after, but do okay. you think this will be a make it or break it year for the Celtics? Damn. Um, free. That's a pretty good question, man. I, I think we're, we're getting at the point now with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum in terms of their development where they're, yeah, man, they're really going to kind of come into this place where are they like bona fide superstars in the league? Um, I don't know if it's make or break per se, um, Mm -hmm. but it obviously it's a really, really important year. And though here, okay. So Andrew, just to go off of what you're saying, the one thing that makes me think that it might be kind of a make or break is that Kemba Walker continues to struggle with injury and now he's entering his age 30 31 season he's a smaller point guard who struggled with a lot of different injuries uh we might be seeing the end of his peak so to go with your question i think that's the only factor that makes it makes me think it might be a make or break season for them yeah i mean like in this matchup they're going to be pitted against uh the league's top stars so um you know kd Kyrie. Who knows? Maybe Harden, and it's gonna be a tough, tough test for them. You know, can you live up to like the Celtics want these players to be like KD and Kyrie mm-hmm. kind of level players? You know, and so um, I mean, not to say this one match will you know settle the score or anything, but um, yeah, I think just in terms of like the season, um, this is a big year. I feel like um, where if we see more or less of the same thing as last season and. Like you know, I would want to see an up more of an upward trajectory for Tatum and um, and Brown. But yeah. if if we're seeing more of a plateau, then yeah, I think it, it does raise a little concern for the team and the future because they are really young. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see how they do. I mean, I'm sure Brad Stevens will figure it out. I mean, he, he'll <laughs> know how to uh, put all the numbers together and the X's and O's. But um, yeah, who knows? It'll be a fun matchup for sure. Yeah, man. I agree with you. I think overall, it's just really exciting to have the league back um, and to have it back so quickly. Um, Obviously, this is going to be a really weird season. And like we've seen with the NFL, there might be like pauses in the action because of COVID. There might be like postponed games. We might see like double headers. Who knows what we might see this this year uh, with all the COVID stuff going on. But uh, before we wrap, Andrew, I did want to ask you about, look, at the time of our recording, it's 922 Pacific time. Uh, a couple hours ago, the Washington Wizards traded John Wall in a first-round pick to the Houston Rockets for Russell Westbrook. And so just wanted to get your initial thoughts on that one, man. Dang, I don't know. Like, my initial thought is, John who? I haven't seen John Wall play in so long. <laughs> Did you say John Hong? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, but honestly, like, I... Why do I feel like it's been like a decade since I've seen John Wall play? Mm, it's been it's been like three seasons, yeah. Yeah, it's been like a long time, and yeah, um, yeah. Let's see. I mean, 
Westbrook. I mean, we already talked about how we feel about him, kind of like empty right. stats kind of guy. Sorry. You know, I'd be excited to see if, given that if Harden stays in Houston, um, how that works together. You know, John Wall can be definitely a better defender than Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Chemistry might work out even better uh, with him. But, I mean, you are losing a lot in Westbrook. You're losing a triple-double. Um, and so, I don't know. I mean... This is a tricky situation. I don't know what it means for the Wizards now with mm. Westbrook. Like, I feel like their identity is all messed up, and Bradley Beal is probably like confused too. But mm. um, I don't know. This is my initial thought. I may be wrong. I might have to think about this for longer. But I think Houston wins this trade. Isn't that crazy? <sighs> like for me, in like a basketball sense of it, it feels like a wash. Like I. Mm. I don't know. I feel like the Wizards, like, they have Westbrook now, and Westbrook is still a good player. Like, we we, we shouldn't say Westbrook is – I think for he's sure, still a good player, sure. you know? Westbrook and Beal plus Bertans, Avdia, Hachimura. The, the, the Wizards, they could potentially be like a six or seven seed in the East, um, which, you know, that's good, right? It's better than where they were last year, you know, not having John Wall. And then for Houston, if John Wall is healthy – uh, so here's the thing, and, and I said this in our group chat too. For Houston, this feels like the trade before the trade because I, I just don't see how John Wall and Harden would work. And if you're Harden, if you wanted Westbrook gone and they bring in John Wall, I don't. It, that definitely doesn't feel like an upgrade to me. So if anything, it feels like they made this trade to get that first-round pick from the Wizards, and then they can package Harden to somewhere else and get more. It just feels like the trade before the trade, if that makes mm. sense. And like, I, I just don't, whether it's now or by the trade deadline, I just can't see James Harden finishing the season with um, the Rockets. Cause I feel like something is going to happen. Something's going to change. And so, yeah, ultimately I, I don't know if there's a winner to this trade, like it, just from the basketball sense of it all too. Like it just feels like a wash. And if anything, the Rockets, they get a first round pick. So that's nice. I guess. Um, but overall, man, it's just a, it's a strange trade. Uh, not to say that it's a bad trade either for either side. I think it does make sense. Um, especially for the Rockets, you know, they're, they're trying to get rid of Westbrook and, you know, Westbrook has asked to be out. And so they get a, they get an asset in wall. I mean, his contract is terrible, but they get a first round pick, which is, which is an asset. And then for the wizards, I guess they're pushing for, mid-table Eastern Conference contention, ultimately. So I guess in that sense, it makes sense too, I guess. I, I don't even know, man. I don't even know. But um, yeah. Um, I agree. <laughs> 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 you know what's interesting, though, is um, yeah. John Wall and uh, Boogie, they're back together. Like, they are. Like the good old college days. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, another you, thing. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Wait. So you you said uh, you think this is like the trade before the trade? I mean, you think mm-hmm. so? You think that James Harden is not going to come back? Yeah, I think one way or another, whether it's now or soon or before the trade deadline, I think he gets shipped somewhere. Sure, sure. Yeah, I'm. I'm I can see that. Yeah. Hmm. You know, another interesting, obviously this is not important at all, but John Wall, a known blood, uh, gets to wear a red jersey <laughs> in Houston. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, uh, maybe that was part of wanting to go to Houston, you yeah? know? 
Yeah, I think this is a good segue into um, what I wanted to do at the end of this podcast is a shout out. I mean, speaking of gangs, you know, I want to shout mm-hmm. out LEM real quick. Um, ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you bastard. I knew you were going to bring this up. Shout oh, outs to <laughs> LEM, the Lower East Movement. That's that's the scariest gang in all of New York guys. Oh my freaking god! Okay, so for our <laughs> listeners out there who have no idea what Andrew's talking about right now, uh, back in college, me and a group of our friends, uh, a bunch of Korean guys, we were not in a gang. It wasn't a gang at all. It was just a group of friends, and uh, you know, this was when Far East Movement came out with their song. What was their song? Like a G six, like right? A G6. Was that the song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a G6 worst song anymore. But anyway, um, when that song came out, me and my friends, we were at a girls' volleyball game. And as we were leaving, one of our friends, we had a couple of friends who played on the basketball team. They were there with us watching the game. And as we were walking out, they're like, hey, y'all are Far East Movement or uh, Lower East Movement? Because our, our, our school was in Lower East Manhattan. Um, so that's where it came from. And then we just like kept it. And we were like losers. We thought we were cool in college. That's what it was, okay? And you just embarrassed me on my own pod, so I feel uh, I feel great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with a name like that, you know, it's it's, it's hard to it's, it's hard not to be scared. It's it's a pretty pretty intimidating name, <laughs> along with those Adidas slides and um, and dude, and the because Albert sent a bunch bunch of pictures to our group chat today of of him in college. Um, no, mm-hmm. they weren't they weren't in black and white. They had color. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Um, but I hate the way Albert was wearing his hat in those days because he would wear it <laughs> over his head, like you know the beaver style with the head hair sticking out. God, I hate that. Um, All right, screw you. <laughs> to be fair, this is ten years ago. Okay, this is a long time ago. All right. Oh my god, shaming me for my fashion ten years ago. Come on, guys. That was a decade ago. A decade ago. Hey, just just a minute. We don't want to hear the excuses. <laughs> Hey, this is this is a beautiful transition into. Uh, I wanted to plug the Shim and Shid podcast because I felt like the Shim and Shid. I, I, I want to say I got shouted out on your pod on the Shim and Shid pod last week, but I want to shout them out because I've been having a freaking fantastic time listening to the Shim and Shid podcast. Um, I do have a critique for y'all. Okay, ready? Here's my critique. Hold on, hold on. Here's my critique. On the latest episode, in the last two episodes, you guys have said many times in the middle of your podcast, blah, 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 this isn't a Christian podcast. Blah, 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 this isn't a Christian podcast. Meanwhile, the premise of your podcast is that you guys are in a small group and your small group leader isn't there. Every damn story you guys tell is one way or another connected to your church or through your college ministry. This latest episode, they're talking about college. They're like, blah, 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 KCM, blah, 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 KCM. KCM. Oh, missions. Oh, my spirituality. It's like, bro, you guys are saying it's not a Christian podcast and everything is Christian. So my thing is, so you don't want excuses, blah, blah, blah. Just embrace that it's a Christian podcast. What's wrong with that? Just uh, let it be. Let it be known. We're, we're not a Christian podcast at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, I don't want to discriminate. If you're not a Christian, if you're not a believer, uh, it's fine. You can still listen to the Shim and Shin podcast. Um, <laughs> 
Now, granted, you may not understand some of the things we talk about, but I want to make it clear mm-hmm. we're not a Christian podcast. You know, we may talk about some <laughs> faith-related stuff, but we, we make sure to do a good job that we are clear on that front. We are not we are not a Christian podcast. Yeah. I, I do want to clarify, shouts to Shin on your podcast, because mac and cheese is most definitely 9 million percent a Thanksgiving food. No um, way. And so for you to say that mac and cheese is not a Thanksgiving food, it, it means one thing. You haven't had real Thanksgiving food. Macaroni and cheese is an absolute staple of Thanksgiving food. Are you kidding me? There, there's, there's no chance in hell. Okay, you're it's right. Definitely. Well, I haven't had maybe real Thanksgiving food, you know, shout out uh-huh. to my mom. But um... <laughs> <laughs> the real loser of our podcast today is Andrew's mom. <laughs> um, but, God. but I mean, do you think the pilgrims came here however many years ago and they had mac and cheese that day? No, they had turkey, they had stuffing. That's not a real Thanksgiving side dish, you know? There's no way in hell they had turkey. There's no way in hell. They didn't know how to cook that, bro. They were eating like corn and potato and squash and freaking like, who knows, rice patties? I have no idea. Exactly. They were eating turkey? You think they had macaroni elbows to make mac and cheese? (laughs) No way. (laughs) But we're talking about modern America and what people eat for Thanksgiving. Dude, everyone eats mac and cheese. Are you kidding me? That's a staple. Honestly, in today's day, anything could be a side dish. I'm, I'm sure Brussels sprouts could be a Thanksgiving side, side dish. Also, know? they're called sides, not side dishes. Oh, you guys are so Korean. On your podcast, you guys are like, oh, side dishes, side dishes. I'm like, damn, y'all are hella Korean, bro. They're called sides. Well, whatever. But, right? uh, Mac and cheese is not a side. It's not a Thanksgiving side. It could be acquired oh 24-7, 365. You can go to your local KFC and get mac and cheese. You know, and so, wait, t- pause. So you're saying mashed potatoes are a staple of Thanksgiving? Yams are not. Mm, come on, bro. Come on. Okay, m- come maybe on. maybe mashed potato, but that's because the modern restaurant has has claimed it. You know, because it's that good. <sighs> you know. So you're wrong. You're 100 percent wrong. <laughs> but all jokes aside, I do want to shout out the Shimon Shin Pod. Andrew is one of the hosts there. They do a freaking fantastic job. It's really, really good content. All their stories are f- f- like so funny. I-, I love Shim. I think Shim is great, but Shin is like the shining star of your podcast right now. This guy is so freaking funny. Um, and I, I would love to meet him one day and just talk to him about how he was supposed to flunk his last semester of college, but <laughs> he finessed his Korean professor into giving him a C minus. What a freaking amazing story. Hanguk uh, Saram forever. What an amazing, amazing story. Also shame on him for not doing better his senior semester, right? Seriously. His last semester of college. Um, I thought it was hilarious that he hung the whole like trip to China thing over his professor too. I was freaking dying. Like, what kind of professor cares that he wants to go to China? And the best part of that story of it all is that, like, oh, like, I really need to go to China because my parents are expecting me to go. Ain't nobody give a damn about you having to go to China. Are you kidding me? And yet... He finessed it. He graduated college on time. He so did shout it, to Shin. He did, he did dude. Freaking incredible. Hey, that's one but, thing um, about us uh, guys from Riverside. You know, yeah. we might not get the A, but we'll find a way somehow to get by the class, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Also, um, for any of our listeners out there who went to Riverside, um, shouts to you guys. You guys made it out of the cuts uh, just from listening to Andrew's stories and Shin's stories. Uh, sounds like the ultimate party school, but props to you guys for making it out of there. 
And um, yeah, man, I, I just if for my nine million nine hundred eighty-six. That I wanted to shout out the Shim and Shin Pod because you guys are doing great stuff over there. Um, I don't like gassing other pods because I like to take all the glory for my own podcast. Mm-hmm. But you guys are wrecking it, so props to you guys. Wow. Shouts to Shim and Shin out there, dude. This is high praise, uh, especially from the, the pod father himself. Albert. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, thank you. Shin's head is probably ginormous right now. <laughs> you can't handle all this. My thing is, hey, Shim and Shen, if you guys are listening to this pod, and I really hope you are listening because I listen to all your pods, but Shim and Shen, this is my thing. Y'all need to get rid of Andrew and just call it a Shim Shin pod. Like, I, I'm, I, Shim Shin is a freaking great name, you know? Or it could just go Shim Shim. I have no idea. Shin Shin. Shin Shim A. You know, something. Just get rid of Andrew. Okay? Disrespect. You guys are freaking great. Shim, Shim and Shin. Screw the and. Just go Shim Shin pod. You guys are going to get freaking a million listeners. Trust me. Well, um, for our listeners, that's not going to happen. So go ahead, please <laughs> listen to our Shim and Shin podcast. But seriously, yeah, thanks, Albert, for the high praise. Uh, we mm-hmm. really did it like, like with no expectation, and to receive, I mean, the small amount of feedback that we are, it's been mm-hmm. pretty good. So uh, yeah. thank you again, and honestly, Albert, it's credit to you. I mean, okay. if you didn't invite me to be on this one, I probably wouldn't have had the courage to do that one. Uh, but really, mm-hmm. like being on this one i was like you know what we could actually make it happen because i mean that Mm. part was something we've been talking about for i don't know two years but Mm. we just never had the balls to do it like we actually recorded one episode it was actually originally just me and shim not shim Mm. and then we Mm. recorded it we played it back and we said we'll never try this ever again yeah Mm -hmm. um but after being on uh the secret weapon pod you know kudos to or thanks to albert I was like, you know what, we can do this. And so, you know, that gave me the courage to take the leap forward. And yeah, I mean, we're almost on episode six. So yeah, mm-hmm. man. thank you, Albert. No, dude, I have to say you guys have a really good balance. I feel like Shim is a really great moderator. He does a really good job of keeping things flowing. Yeah. I think you come in, you come in with your nonsense, like just, you know, <laughs> you just trying to be funny. Uh, and then Shin, I, I love Shin because Shin, sorry, Shin, because Shin is so original. Like he's, you can just tell that Shin is like unabashedly himself. And like, he has no problem just being in his own skin. And so I feel like the balance that you guys have as three distinct and unique communicators, and and also you have the perfect number, like a great podcast is either two or three people. If you go past three, it gets really messy. And so to have three guys on a podcast who are distinct communicators, I think it's freaking fantastic. So I've gassed your pod way too much on this one. Um, but for our <laughs> listeners out there, please check out the Shim and Shit pod. It's one of my favorite pods right now that I'm listening to. Wow. Um, I think you guys will really enjoy it. Especially like if you're a Korean American dude, like you can really vibe with the things that they're talking about. And if you're single, even more so. If you're married, not so much. But if you're single and you're listening to that pod, you will vibe with it on levels more than one like levels so make sure you Thank check you. that one out yeah i yeah. mean and i mean albert is gassing us and he's he's an older guy so obviously it's not just for the younger crowd <laughs> although that is our main demographic uh but if albert can listen to it so can you so uh feel free to feel free to join us for our small group time in my in my twilight years i get to listen to your pod and reminisce of the the, the lem days you know lem shout out to lem <laughs> all right shouts to sam bond peter moon sung che all you guys everyone a part of the lem movement back in 2010 shouts to all of yeah, you guys low okay? race movement man shout out Let's to 2013 go. knicks 
<laughs> anyway, this is a perfect time for us to wrap the pod. Uh, I will not go on a Knicks rant this this week because our listeners have had enough of that. But we love you guys. Um, anything else you want to pod? I mean, sorry, plug. Anything else you got, Andrew? Uh, no, not yet. I mean, not really. Okay. I mean, it's kind of the same as last week, but it feels like Corona is getting worse. Uh, mm-hmm. We just got news again about another. Uh, <sighs> I don't know what this is. Another lockdown, maybe. Um, yeah. So everyone, be careful out there. Go get tested. Be safe. <sighs> Stay safe, everybody. Yeah, yeah. I dropped my uh, you just hooked piece last week on the Fighting Stripes. Oh, yeah, sorry, oh, yeah. FightingStripes.com. And uh, I've got another piece coming out this week. Uh, this week it's uh, going to be on uh, mm. the the uh, the Michael Jordan of Korea. Who? Her name? Her, Her? name? Uh huh. E- Her oh. name is E Hyo Ri. Oh, so be, be stay tuned for that one. <laughs> I think I think you guys will enjoy it. That'll be dropping either. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably drop Friday or so. But uh, yeah, I feel like I failed the test. One. You said do you have one one last thing you want to plug, and I said no. <laughs> but uh, maybe you were low-key hoping I. Guys, Albert wrote an article. No, um, no, 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 not that. Not that. No, no. You just talk, and Albert's a really good writer. I'm not kidding. Um, <laughs> So everyone go check that out. Uh, if you're uh, if you're a fan of K-pop, you know that culture or whatever. Even if you're not, it's a really good piece, and there's like some sports aspect to it too. So um, yeah. make sure you you read, you know, because we all gotta read sometime, and you know, <laughs> and watch for watch out for this next one on EOD. Um <laughs> <laughs> but real talk, Albert is a really good writer. He majored in English, right? You did? Yeah, English lit. But yeah. Nice. Anyway, I actually wasn't fishing for that. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, we appreciate you guys. I can't believe we made it to episode 10. Uh, we hope to keep this going. And with the NBA season right around the corner, we hope you guys keep tuning in. We love you. And this has been Secret Weapon. Secret Weapon. Love you guys. See you next week. Peace. The Secret Weapon Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Head to anchor.fm slash secretweaponpod to find your podcast app of choice. If you like this podcast, tell your friends to listen, subscribe to our feed, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We've got more episodes coming soon.